Alright, we're back. We're back. It's a little weird, the whole premise of doing this thing. Just sitting here talking in my room because, I mean, no one... I'm I'm not even going to re-listen to this. That's how much I hate myself. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, this week's podcast episode is addressed to podcasters out there. In fact, um, anyone really that's... Any sort of like niche content on the internet. I mean, you know, think about YouTube shows or I don't know. There's a lot of kind of crossover mediums, but really what I'm talking about is anyone that produces, that kind of self produces their own show on the internet. A lot of times that falls into podcasts. And there's plenty of podcasts out there, so we'll just stick with that as the example. Um, And the main premise, reason, impetus behind this is kind of twofold. I think one is one's a little, I guess, more political leaning, but we'll start with that, just to freak out, you know, the one listener. Um, but that would be kind of that podcasts are really the, the last um, bastion of free expression, I suppose. Uh, they're an open source thing. Uh, not one one company controls them, unlike YouTube or Instagram or um, any other kind of ad based. Um, media outlet so ad-based systems ads advertisement equals censorship so says adam curry and i agree uh, meaning that whoever pays the bills is going to dictate what you can talk about and that's pretty evident when you look at mass media specifically as they're they're very handcuffed as far as what they can what narratives they can touch on and not touch on uh, and anyone uh, you know same with youtube and instagram all monetized with third-party dollars and so Therefore, some some topics are off balance, and um, if you believe that free speech is uh, essential for a, a society to function that is trying to find truth, um, then those are those are threatening um, models uh, to do business. And so, I think it's imperative that uh, things like podcasting, and specifically podcasters that monetize directly from their fans, and we'll get to that later on today as, as part of this strategy, the fan of flyword that enables you to uh, basically create features that would allow you to then charge your fans a premium above and beyond just free content, which I think is a very healthy business model. It allows you to have complete control over what you're talking about and what you say. You're not relying on third-party ads. You're basically spreading your risk across you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of fans, uh, some little micro payments instead of uh, one or two or three or five uh, ad sponsors, which, you know, if you lose one, you lose 25% of your revenue and therefore they're going to have a very large voice when it comes to dictating what you can talk about. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, basically the first premise is just that, well, um, to compete with with mass media, um, which I think is a healthy thing, we, we want podcasts to win uh, that battle. Podcasts are uniquely positioned to offer fans what they're looking for. And that, for one thing, is connection with each other. Fans are looking for connection. Um, we live in a time where everyone listens to you know their one niche podcast. They have a ton in common with those other listeners because podcasts are automatic interest sorters. Uh, however, they have very little um, geographical commonalities. So they're geographically isolated audiences because, you know, a niche podcast, it talks about, you know, Girls that like yoga, that like to go hiking and, you know, queef on each other is a very niche audience. There might be 100,000 of them, but spread across the world. And uh, the mic levels look high here. Um, So anyways, uh, the point is is that 
how do we facilitate connections? Because digital communities are really kind of behind just, you know, normal day-to-day -day life. And it's really hard to facilitate um, connections between fans. And so um, I think, so basically like, you know, one thing to look at is like, what is the equation? So yeah, fans crave uh, connections. Um, and uh, one thing is just, it's good business practice to be able to offer that to them because one, you can monetize it. Two, um, mass media is not positioned to do that well because they're mass media. So everyone that watches Seinfeld is not necessarily going to have much in common. Whereas if I plucked two random fans from a, uh, a podcast audience, they would have probably three plus things in common. Um, and so that's, that's a really interesting premise because I think kind of the equation that adds up to new friendships or new interesting connections is common interests, which, uh, uh, niche podcasts check that box automatically share plus shared experiences um so you know you can't, it's not just enough to have common interests with people you also have like kind of shared experiences one of those things might be listening to the same podcast each week so uh we'll give it a kind of a half check there um and then you sort of multiply i think you multiply that by the number of number of interaction opportunities between those people that share those commonalities that equals the number of like new connections, new friendships that uh, you might create, that might be created given those circumstances. But really that last one is where podcasters fail. Um, they, they cover the first two, they're automatic interest sorters, automatically giving us kind of a shared experience as we listen to the same podcast together each week, each week but they don't give us number of interaction opportunities. You know, I mean, if we go to the same concert or something, like a fish concert it's kind of a niche band like yeah we obviously have interaction opportunities um and it's actually well best said i think by um john taffer who's uh from bar rescue the reality tv show it's pretty hilarious he just goes around shouting at uh bar owners that you know run in some shitty establishments and uh one of his things is to create a butt funnel and a butt funnel is basically a high trafficked area in a nightclub that is purposely made small so that people will bump into each other. And his quote is like, yeah, but there's, yeah, but there's some marriages out there that started in a butt funnel. And he's probably right. And so they purposely make that area small, even they know it's high traffic and they want that to be small so that people will bump into each other. People need that spark to ignite uh, a connection. And so uh, really what podcasters are failing to realize is that they need to provide that spark. They need to pro provide some sort of, um, I call it like a digital butt funnel, if you will, having some fun here, um, that will allow uh, these fans to connect with one another in a setting that's not weird and awkward. You know, I mean, no, none of us want to go on fate, like a Facebook group of the, our favorite podcast or a, whatever it is. Um, you know, a Slack channel of our favorite, favorite uh, podcast, something like that. I'd be like, hey, I'm Pat and I live in Boston. Who wants to hang out? I mean, those people are freaks. Those people are freaks, and it's a red flag, and they're probably not that cool. I mean, those are weird people. So we need to create kind of this illusion of some shared purpose or some higher level thing that's happening above and beyond just the point that you want to meet new people. Otherwise, it just feels like a speed dating round, and we all feel like a bunch of losers at a networking event playing an icebreaker game. It, there needs to be some illusion of some higher level thing going on. And so what we'll talk about today is how, how you can achieve that. Um, I call them like digital butt funnels, but like 
ultimately that's what you're trying to do is create some sort of shared purpose, I think, really. is like, and then within that interaction opportunity, number of interaction opportunities, so these fans can bump into each other. Obviously, that could be in person. There's a number of different ways, so we'll, we'll get into that. Um, so uh, really what I'm highlighting here today is straight up from No Agenda, Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Um, Adam Curry is known as like the, the pod father, and they've had this podcast going for like 15 years, whatever, which is pretty much one of the first pods out there. Um, you know, both big... Uh, big swinging dongs on both of them, and uh, they just talk about. Um, I just thought about my mom listening to this podcast. Oh god, she's not gonna listen. No one's gonna listen to this. All right. Anyways, um, so yeah, Fandu's flywheel is basically me trying to sum up what these people have already done and synthesize it in a way where podcasters can emulate what they've done. And I think it's fascinating just the flywheel effect, the feedback loops that are created just by doing a couple of simple actions um, that really lead to all these kind of amazing things happening um, with really very little effort um, that has to be put in. It's just kind of a, a change in the way you perceive your audience. Um, so a fanducer is a definition of the stupid fucking word I came up with, um, which is, means part fan, part producer. So someone that's a fan of a show, but I also help produce that show uh, simultaneously. So just a cute little word to basically talk about people that are active participants of a show uh, that they're also fans of at the same time. And so really the outer wheel here here starts with, well, let me take a step back here and just think about what I'm queefing about. Um, yeah, so yeah, so these, these podcasts, I guess, the point just to come into this is that they have so much potential to create and spark friendships which is what people are dying to have forgot to mention that like the loneliness epidemic there's so many studies even before pre-pandemic loneliness is on the rise now there's got to be this is my theory but there's got to be part of that being related to the fact that we all consume our individual media and none of it is shared so like we, we have very limited shared experiences with the people we live with and, and talk with every day. <clears throat> There's no like I Love Lucy anymore where 70% of America sits down to watch it. Everyone's, you know, I listen to really freak weird uh, like comedy podcasts and like, you know, even my roommate that has a twisted sense of humor doesn't even like like those. So it's like very f fractured and splintered as far as what we consume and I think that's that maybe is a p potentially a, a cause of some of some of the loneliness um and so it's like how do you bridge those worlds so that you can start to interact with those people without making it really awkward and make it kind of natural for those people to meet okay so um the fanducer flywheel is one way to achieve those uh that that end which is delivering on what consumers want which is um connection with other with other fans of the same niche podcast or niche content that's being put out so first thing that no agenda show does and what you can do too as a podcaster is open a channel for your fans to participate this could take many different forms so the easiest one to think about is to like hey we want you to submit clips on whatever topic topic we talk about or you know shoot a video of you doing this and we'll review it or send in questions um you know there's there's Obviously, you have to dictate and coach what, what you want, but just open some sort of channel 
like an email address, a Twitter handle, whatever it is, some way for them to communicate with you. Um, make it as easy as possible. Maybe have multiple channels, multiple feedback uh, channels. Then the next step that will happen is some audience members will participate in that. What you want to do then is pick the best contributions, review that, you know, make it part of the show and praise those contribu contributions. This part is really important to like call them out by name, give them a shout out. That's going to lead to the next step, which is competing for praise. So now more audience members are going to hear that, oh, oh wow, one of the fans' top contributors got a shout out. You know, really is going to give people a kick uh, to, to get that recognition on one of their favorite shows. Um, so now people will compete to 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 have to participate um, in the show. So now you'll have you'll start to produce, and and you need to continually coach what you're looking for and give praise and also feedback. Um, you know, one of the things, for example, No Agenda does is they have and basically artwork competition. They change their artwork, cover artwork for their podcast each week, um, and then they actually use. Well, we'll get to that in a sec, but they they. Uh, yeah, they have, they have artwork competition basically each week and they they choose one um, and then they will kind of praise, give feedback to the ones that are maybe the top like four or five other ones. And maybe there's some general trends like, hey, you know, you guys are fucking making them the wrong size and it'd be 3,000 by 3,000 pixels, um, you know, whatever it is, like you're, you're coaching them so that the contributions get better and better. Um, but at the same time, recognizing and praising the ones that are really standouts so that uh, other inactive fans will now want to compete for that praise and be part of that. So that's kind of the first layer. That's the outer wheel. Now this is going to continue to repeat uh, as fans compete, more audience members participate, more contributions, more praise, et cetera, et cetera. We go around and around and now we built what I've called a fanducer base has been established. So once you've kind of gotten this fanducer base, you're, you know, you're literally treating these fans as producers. Um, and so what you want to do now is kind of engage those people further um, and give them legitimate responsibility um, for the production of the podcast. This could, all, this could take many forms as well. Um, you know, it could be the artwork generation. It could be um, taking, taking the episode, like in No Agenda, it's a three-hour long uh, episode each week or twice a week. Uh, producers are tasked with... And by this, I mean fanducers. They call them actual producers, which is, I think, even better. But this is just a concept that I'm trying to bring to new podcasters. So I came up with a you know, sexy new term, fanducers. But what you want to do is, is like, there, it could be anything. So, like, chapters, chapter suggestions is basically splitting the episode into, like, chapters. So, you know, fanducers of, of No Agenda will split the, the episode uh, by chapters, like, okay, this is the segment where he's calling out all the producers. This is the segment where they're talking about COVID. This is the segment where they're talking about Black Lives Matter, whatever it is. So that's that's obviously a, a huge benefit and also um, a legitimate responsibility for these people. Um, uh, another one would be, like, uh, creating a chat room. Like, literally building and maintaining a chat room uh, is something they do. Um, there's a No Agenda shop where they someone is hosting a website where they sell merch and there's artists that contribute stuff. They pick the artwork, they sell it, they give a cutout to other people. Um, so there, and there's, there's numerous examples of this, but what, what you're starting to see is now you have literally given responsibility to these people. And a lot of, the, a lot of that is facilitated through like making stuff available. So, 
Um, you know, one thing they've done is like make their whole and no agenda is make all their their data, all their transcripts, or all their um, podcasts um, available to like download all their transcripts, all the clips that they have that make up their show. It's like a, a news deconstruction show, so they'll have a bunch of news clips on there. Um, they'll make all those public, so they have like some some sort of data warehouse for that, and like they have a community code like GitLab Git GitHub site. Where now people can literally build software features on top of that. So like now they have like searchable uh, sh show notes. Um, you can search all the clips that ever existed throughout. Like if there's some clip of you know President Trump saying something funny you want to share with your friends, you can go on their the search engine and find it very quickly. Um, so now you've you've enabled these people to build in this case actual software features, but it could be really anything. Like you just have to provide um the raw material for people to be able to make whatever you're looking for them to make um the features you want them to build um it could be like hey we want one fan to head up um the challenge for you know uh whatever challenge video challenge we want fans to create each week for like maybe a funny a funny podcast like uh your, your your mom's house the fuck's it called with tom segura your mom's house i think but um uh, yeah, it could be like something like that. Like, all right, so now one fan is literally tasked with coming up with that each, each week. You're treating them as producers, so you're giving them, you're giving them responsibility. So we're just at step one of the inner wheel of the Fanducer flywheel. If you're still with me, it's the blue wheel. If you're seeing the graphic, so give them responsibility. Next thing will happen is they're gonna build features for you, um, and uh, that includes content features, whatever you want to call it. They're gonna bring value add um to your to your show and make it a much more robust show beyond just a one-way street um stuff and audio down your ears now there's a lot more going on um and and what will eventually happen out of that you can imagine is now okay now we have in the no agenda example now we have a private social media account hosted on mastodon by one of the one of the producers we have uh, a way to submit artwork and contribute that way we've waited uh, select chapters um, and be part of that chapter selection. We have a uh, troll room, which is their chat room, um, where we can chat during the live stream and like answer questions maybe that Adam or John, the host, might have. Like, what was the name of that team that is from Boston and plays baseball, whatever. Um, and then you get a shout out that way. Um, they also have one fan that's built a website called NA Meetups where you can host a meetup in person, which I think deserves its own podcast. Like how do you bridge offline world with the online world and provide physical locations for people to meet? Cause I think that's probably the most powerful way for people to interact. Um, but putting that aside, you, you have all these different, first of all, channels for people to participate. And secondly, you have now features that are going to attract people to come there because like, oh, this isn't just a podcast. I can actually submit things. I can um, I can interact with other fans in, in a chat room, um, in a private social network, and settings that I'm a little more comfortable than just like a Facebook group. Um, I can submit artwork. There's tons of ways for me to get involved and to interact with other fans. Um, so that's naturally going to attract more audience members, which then, again, you give responsibility to. And then they, in turn, will create more features, which will then, of course, grow your audience again. So that is another um, flywheel. That's the inner flywheel. Um, and what that eventually produces is this 
shared purpose community. And I think that's that's an interesting ideal there um, that you're really you're making them stakeholders, um, and so you're giving them legitimate purpose that they can work towards together. And I think that is kind of the foundation of really meeting someone um, in like a natural way is like you're, you're doing something under the guise of a shared purpose. Like even playing like pickup basketball fits into this example in the real world. It's like, yeah, like, okay, if I, you know, I went to Playa del Carmen during the pandemic um, and I was trying to meet new people. One way I did that was go to play pickup basketball. Now I don't go to the court and go, Hey, what's up? I'm trying to, I don't know anyone here. Does anyone want to hang out? I, no, I mean, you know, I'm not a queer, but, uh, you know, I was just trying to meet people. So you go and you play basketball. Now I'm also just trying to play ball. I'm trying to get a run in. I'm trying to get exercise. But to be honest, the main premise was to meet people. There's a bunch of things just like podcasts and niche thing, right? It's athletic. So that's a, that's an interest sorter. It's competitive. That's an interest sorter. It's a specific game. That's an interest sorter. And that's all great, but it's not enough to, to have an interaction. Now we have, we, we, we need the shared purpose is, is that we're playing the game together. There's rules that we all have to adhere to. The purpose is to compete, um, in like a somewhat coherent manner. That's, that's not completely, um, you know, doesn't degenerate to like something like fighting. It's, it's competing sports in a sportsmanly way. So we have the shared purpose. Um, and then of course there's a literally interaction opportunities, uh, numerous interaction opportunities and that, you know, you're bouncing off each other and stuff and you got to talk uh, with your teammates and et cetera. So this is a really important notion. I think of like the shared pur- purpose, like you can imagine these fans for no agenda building, um, you know, building the, the merch shop or building the chat room, like bouncing ideas off each other, working together to literally create something where they have a purpose, a common purpose. Um, that's obviously a great way to get to know each other. And people will do that stuff for free. One for recognition, sure, from the podcast hosts, get a shout out, all that. Recognition from other fans because you, you've people will start to know you by name. Like, oh, this dude built that sick feature. Um, or this dude always submits funny clips or whatever it is. Um, but secondly, to, to, to have like a like an actual purpose, you're, you're contributing something. Even if, even if you don't get shout outs, you're building something with other people that you know you have common interests with. You both listen to the same niche podcast um, and you're doing something together. Like that's, uh, I think, the foundation of how you really create these interaction opportunities and what I call digital butt funnels is like, um, yeah, spaces in which people would are working towards a common goal, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, that's, uh, those are the main ones. And I think, so just to recap, like, it's not that hard to get this going. I mean, really, all, you know, half, half of those things I mentioned were all things that are done by, um, done by the audience. And just, it's, it's just a, mindset shift of trying to turn your audience into producers of the show instead of just being passive listeners that's that's the main main thing you're trying to do um and so really if you're a podcaster all you and you know there's obviously so many benefits that come out of this like you know uh it turns you from a content creator into like just the content curator like they kind of talk about that on the show like they're just djs they get all these clips submitted to them all the time they just have to select the good ones play play the hits and that's it like they're not going around doing all this work to uh, break down every single news, 
media outlet, which is like what the show is about. But whatever it is, maybe you're a you know you're you're a comedy show, um, and you want to review funny videos. Whatever, there's a bunch of those out there. If you get this going, like you'll just have all your people submitting stuff. You're just selecting. You're just curating all that, all that content. Um, and you're coaching them too. You can literally coach them. It's not like a you know just like a computer where you're like searching stuff like give me funny videos. You're coaching them like hey here's the type of content I, we like. So now people catch on to that, and now you're sourcing that across thousands and tens of thousands of fans. So there's so that's like one obvious one is that content burnout you can avoid content burnout really easily with this the second one is you're providing spaces in which fans can interact with each other potentially creating connections with each other and of course a shared purpose with the actual podcast that does wonders to your like as far as your brand loyalty goes that's going to be insanely powerful um you know and then off of like if you can like provide friendship and connection for your fans they're they're never going to leave your your media um brand i mean that's like something you're providing that's above and beyond anything else and people will pay for those features as well like no agenda doesn't charge that way they do a different system and i'll maybe break that down another time but like so easily you could charge for private social network um for to be part of uh generating art or um you know uh a a chat room or whatever like a, a live stream chat room there's so many uh things that can come out of this that then could be um you could then charge for. Um, so it's a way to monetize directly with your fans, which we talked about earlier is a very powerful way for you to hold control over the content you create as opposed to using third-party ads. Um, so those are those are good things. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you're if you're providing these connections with fans, like they're always going to love you um, because you're providing what people crave. doesn't matter what people say. Loneliness studies are going through the roof. So people are definitely looking for connections. Uh, niche podcasts have an obvious advantage in providing that. And so give the people what they want. So really all you need to do as a podcaster is uh, is basically open and promote channels for your fans to participate. So that's step one. Just literally give them a place to contribute. So um, an email address, um, a Twitter handle whatever give them the more the better most likely um and promote that and just be very clear about what you're looking for um and then as the contributions come in you'll get a few at least make sure to praise the top ones you don't have to review all of them you shouldn't review all all of them if you review all of them then it's not special anymore so just pick the best ones if they all suck tell them they all suck but you know try to at least pick one that's good and give that some praise so that people are motivated to be part of that. I mean, people want to be part of a lottery. People buy lottery tickets every day, especially if it's merit-based. People want a piece of that. Um, they want to be recognized. And so just the key is don't praise every single one, um, but definitely praise the top ones. Um, and then, you know, kind of coach them. What are we looking for? Oh, I, you know, we asked for a video of you, you know, farting on your mom, whatever. Uh, but you actually farted on your dog. We were looking for your mom, you know. Fucking do better next time. Whatever. Um, coach them up. And then, um, then you know, of course, that will build on itself. People will compete um, for your attention, essentially. Continue. And then more fans will join in in this participation game. You'll build this, fanduce, this base of fanducer um, contributors. And then you turn those fanducers, those are those really just kind of those uh, active participants, into really actual producers, which... 
what you want to do then, and this is the last step, the inner wheel, is to just give them legitimate responsibility. And now you need to kind of choose what that path that is. Maybe you want them to build software for you. Maybe you want them to create videos for you. Maybe you want them to take all the best episodes, clips, and put them together for you um, as sort of a best of thing or vote on the best clips ever. Whatever it is, you have a whole crowd of people willing to participate. So allow them to participate and give them legitimate responsibility in the production of the show. And ideally, you can do this in ways where in some sort of social networky place where people can interact with each other. Maybe they have uh, fake screen names or maybe they have their real names, whatever it is. Um, they're doing this in a place where they can see each other digitally or otherwise um, so that they can get to know each other. And that's, that's how you're going to spark these interactions. So people will show up to do this work, one, to get recognition, two, to meet other people uh, in a shared purpose environment where they're doing something under the guise of some larger purpose and not just to meet people, even though... You know, maybe they're just there to meet people, but you know, there's there's some some sort of facade going on on top of that that allows them to meet people not without feeling like a weirdo. Um, so that's all I got for this week. Uh, kiss your mother goodbye for me. Oh, and thanks for listening, Chuck. Thanks for listening, Chuck.